Hello, Frogcast fans. Uh, it's Vince here. I got another interview for you to share this week. Uh, maybe you read it on Film Drunk. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you just want to listen. I don't really care. Uh, anyway, this week I am talking to Riley Stearns, who is the director of a movie called Duel. It's kind of a funny little sci-fi movie um, about having to fight your own clone. Um, I thought it was cool. I tried to find out. It opened last week. I tried to find out uh, exactly which cities you can currently see it in, uh, and no one seems to know. That's the fun part of indie movies now. You ask a publicist, they don't know. The studio doesn't know. Someone knows. I don't know. Just check your local listings and see if it's playing near you. I'm assuming it's going to be in L.A., New York, San Francisco, Chicago. As far as the rest of the country, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, if it's playing near you, Go check it out. If it's not, sit tight. It'll be there soon. Uh, Anyway, I thought this was a fun interview. He previously directed The Art of Self-Defense. So if you hear his reference, self-defense, that's what he's talking about. Um, That was about uh, Jesse Eisenberg plays a guy who uh, is kind of a weird nerd, and he joins a martial arts gym. And Riley's a jiu-jitsu guy, so that was sort of loosely based on that. And I'm also a jiu-jitsu guy, if you guys uh have been who have been listening you probably know that already um we talk about that a little um anyway i don't think you need to know too much more to enjoy this one um give it a listen and uh as always we'll be back with some new stuff on the patreon feed probably next week patreon.com slash broadcast for that so check that one out all right take care um hey hey how's it going good how are you not too bad Awesome. Thanks for doing this. Hey, no problem. Thanks for uh, letting me do this. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So uh, what is it? So when a movie opens now, uh, like, do you feel like you have the same kind of uh, benchmarks of like what means successful as it was in the past? Like, what is it? What's it like? <laughs> I have no fucking clue anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I with self-defense, I think I was spoiled where. I mean, indies definitely do better than that movie did, but it did fairly well for itself. And I think when I was writing Duel and then when XYZ came on board, um, there was a certain sense of like, well, I guess this one will probably be bigger than that one because everything just like gets bigger every time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that your brain just tells you that. And once COVID hit, I knew that we were in a different world, obviously. I think this release has been very fast and it kind of had to be because of a window that we were trying to hit and um i'm not entirely like sure what the benchmark for success is anymore but i think all i can know is that everybody who has been involved with the film or is releasing it at rlje uh xyz is happy like everyone's been very happy and uh i know that this is more a long road sort of release uh in regards to duel and uh hopefully people continue to find it but yeah i i as long as the people involved are are telling me that it's it's exactly where they wanted it to be then i'm i'm good right and do you get like do you get um i mean do you get specific numbers when it goes to like on demand and stuff like that do you understand how it's how it's doing when it's when it goes there I actually don't know the answer to that question yet. Uh, AMC Plus is going to be where we uh, release for VOD, but also we'll obviously have like iTunes and anywhere else that you can rent the movie. Um, but no, that's that's a, a, a part of the 
the whole release that I I'm a little uh, I guess sheltered from temporarily, but I'm sure it'll it'll come out soon. It's not that they shelter me. It's almost like I've just been focusing on the theatrical, mm-hmm. and then I can now start to shift towards a month from now where we will be on the VOD uh, platform. But yeah, I'm not sure how AMC Plus uh, doles out their information, but hopefully they'll keep me involved. Yeah. I mean, for you, is it just like if you get to keep making movies, that's uh, that's the goal? Yeah, exactly. And and again, that goes back to everyone being happy uh, with the like their um, facet of the release. So XYZ is is happy with their international sales, their domestic sales. Uh, RLJE is excited because of their relationship with AMC Plus. So they're happy on that re- in that regard. So as long as that means that I get to make something else and people aren't losing money on, on something, then, then I'm happy as well. Um, yeah, I, I have friends who make really good films who make a lot of them. And then there's a point where those movies haven't been making money and it gets harder and harder to get them off the ground. And I always want to be in a position where people are, are happy with what's what their sort of side of it is so that I can make something in the future. Um, I definitely don't want to like make something just so people will be happy. I still want to make something that speaks to me and and, Mm -hmm. uh, for me. But um, I think that there's an innate entertainment value to film that I want to always make sure that I'm, I'm, seeing but uh again not at the expense of uh, a vision right um on that i like i vaguely remember you getting into like a mini feud with a, a critic uh over over this one like do you have it was less policy? about the critic what's it that? Was more about the web it was less about the critic it was more about the website like being aware of the uh conflict of interest that was i i yeah i blocked that critic a long time ago so like uh-huh. i don't that wasn't about that it was more about just like obviously poking at somebody. Uh, and then it blew up in a way that I wasn't expecting, but also a lot of people had my back on that too. It's so silly now in retrospect to say like, huh, maybe that wasn't a cool thing to do. And then me being the bad guy for it. But <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I feel like it, it, the way the indie movies work now, it sort of puts you in a situation where like to know what a successful one is like you maybe end up reading more reviews than you might have in years past. Like, do you feel like that? Do you, cause I mean that, that feels like a form of the feedback that you used to get maybe in different ways. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people who actually does get something out of reviews. I like seeing what people say. I don't mind getting a bad review. Like it's not a big deal for me. It's the overall thing. It's like the overall image of, of what, how people have perceived your, your your work, it's not necessarily going to go into how I write the next thing, but it does tell you this is sort of the path you're going down. And I, I think it almost just reinforces that path. Um, it doesn't change who I am as a, as a filmmaker. Um, I've, I mean, Letterboxd has been around since I made Faults, I want to say, or at least just shortly after. And I've always looked at it uh, from time to time, especially once the movie has been around for a while, you go back after, after like months of not looking at it and you go, oh, I wonder what's on Letterboxd and what, what people have been saying. And there's some really great ones. Uh, I got one last night called that I saw called, uh, they just put Borgos Lamethemos. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And so I saved that. Um, but I mean, I, if you read the good stuff, I think you got to read the bad. And if you don't want to read the bad, then don't read it all. So like, I'm in more in the boat of, I've always kind of looked at it, but I don't let it affect who I am as a filmmaker. 
Sure. Um, yeah, like I so I know you shot this in Finland uh, during COVID. Like, what was what was that experience like? And did the setting, you know, make you rethink any story elements? Like, were you were you think were there things that you were worried that you were missing uh, by shooting there? Uh, I mean, I love that we shot there. I feel like if it was a happy um, sort of accident and it ended up lending itself to the look and the feel of the movie in a way that was incredibly fulfilling and exciting to me. I think the one thing that we had to change was that, and it's not even change we had to be aware of, and it's why I ended up in the movie, unfortunately, is that we had all of these Finnish people around us uh, and the country's locked down, so they're not bringing people in other than our, our leads. And so if we needed um, somebody to come in and do a day player sort of thing, trying to find somebody who didn't always have a Finnish accent was very, very hard. And so uh, if anything, I had to just over, like you could normally just say, oh, there's so many people to choose from, but I had to actively say, can we get somebody who's not white? Can we get somebody who uh, doesn't speak with a Finnish accent? It's it's just a very... um, samey sort of environment there and it was just making sure that the film didn't look like Finland in terms of the people that we cast at all times uh so there was a day where an American actor who lived in Finland was supposed to do the gas station attendant role and he had a sore throat and obviously during COVID especially we're like don't come in then. <laughs> right and then I immediately rolled my eyes and was like I guess I'm in the movie now and it's just <laughs> the nature of not wanting to put another person in with a Finnish accent because you're trying to fill out the world uh, and, and I feel like even though we have some Finnish accents in the movie, it made it challenging to, to not have it feel like it was shot in Finland at all times. Mm-hmm. It was more about it shot in this unnamed sort of space in the United States that also feels like it could be in Europe. And, and yeah, so if anything, it was just a keeping that in mind, but I, as an overall, I, I loved shooting there and I would shoot there again in a heartbeat. Yeah, like I think in a in a different movie that might have been a drawback or it would have like taken you out, but I feel like the uh the fact that you could sort of tell it was like some other place but you didn't really know um really sort of added to the effect and the themes of the movie yeah that i mean that was the hope and i think that for the most part people are getting that it's not going to be like there are people who are like why do they all talk like that <laughs> or like mm-hmm. why why didn't you then have karen speak with an uh, uh her own accent but uh karen and i had those conversations like we we came to that determination together uh, I think exactly what you're saying. Finland is a great country to shoot in, and I hope it continues to get people going there. Uh, after we were the first American film to fully shoot there, which is crazy to me that that's never happened before. But I think they'll have success after that with other films. I think those filmmakers just need to be prepared to embrace certain elements of the country or spend the money and bring the people in to make it feel like it could be somewhere else. But if you really go for it and just uh, have a world where that kind of stuff can work, the architecture can work or the the feeling can work, then I think it's a it's a really cool place to be shooting. Yeah. I mean I think the uh like Scandinavia in general and Finland specifically has a an odd kind of uh like matter of factness and uh detachedness that seems to Very fit like so. your style of dialogue. It's funny. It's almost like the people who are working on the film could just be characters in the movie. Like here we all are pretty good at, I don't know, bending the truth to to uh, shield people's feelings a little bit, whether it's you're at work. And I know that this is a blanket statement, but it's like your your coworker, you tell them a, something that wasn't working 
in a certain way because you're you're worried about how they're going to take that uh, criticism. In Finland, they just tell you. They just are <laughs> super, super direct. And I really appreciated that. And even down to us uh, sh- uh, showing the film there at a film festival, like a little shorts film festival, they, they did a special presentation of Duel that I went out for. And the audience was fairly subdued and there were little laughs here and there, but like pretty stoic. And then afterwards, the Finnish people were like, that was a very funny movie. And <laughs> like, they didn't laugh at all. Yeah. And uh, and then the, the, one of the uh, one of my crew members who is Finnish, she said, that was a really good reaction. Like that crowd went crazy for it. I was like, nobody did anything. Everyone was quiet. <laughs> so it's, it's just funny to me. I feel like I get along with them very well for that reason. Uh, I think I do bend to people's feelings a little bit more than they do, but I also am pretty direct about other things, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place, but it's a little weird for that reason. Um, yeah. So like you have a very particular style of, of dialogue writing and I, and like, I, I know it as like your style and I always sort of struggle a little bit to try and like describe it for people who haven't seen your movies. Like, do you, how do you describe it? Do you have uh, like influences or references that, that uh, you, I mean, as an overall of what I'm trying to achieve um, it's a, an emotionality is kind of removed from the character. Like I know that they're humans and you don't want them to ever feel like fully robotic. Like they still have thoughts and fears uh, just like any of us do in the real world. But in this context, in the in a world where people have made the law that you have to duel your double to the death if they don't want to be decommissioned, I feel like people who make that law are also people who talk like this. And so I feel like their way of speaking informs the world and the world informs the way that they speak. I feel like that they, you can't kind of really have one without the other. Uh, at least in the in the stuff that interests me, like I like that there there's a cohesiveness there, um, and yeah, influences. I mean, you can look at a lot of filmmakers uh, and say that they've got quirks or whatever. Like people always reference uh, Napoleon Dynamite and, and uh, Jared Hess and then Yorgos uh, uh, Lanthimos and Wes Anderson. And I mean, to a certain extent, you can look at some Paul Thomas Anderson stuff that's got this drollness to it. Um, I feel like at this point it is just me. Mm-hmm. And if, if if people aren't as familiar with all the, oops, sorry, let me decline that. Uh, if people aren't as uh, familiar with some of these other filmmakers, so that's the reference point, like I get it, it's totally fine. I think they, again, going back to Borgos Lamethemos, uh, <laughs> it's gonna stick with me probably forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as long as I keep going down that path of, of the emotionality removed from the performance. But um, at the end of the day, it's just, it's silly to me. So I just kind of have to go like, okay, it's fine. But yeah, I think that I've been doing this long enough now. I mean, my short, The Cub was, I made that in 2012. If you're still saying I'm trying to copy other people and you don't know me as a person, like, I feel like it's pretty obvious if you're my friend, you know, that this is my sense of humor. And then this is like the, the sort of path that I've, I've dedicated myself to and, and it feels natural to go down. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the closest analog that I could think of was it kind of reminded me of like uh, Don DeLillo or someone where it's like I sort of there is a blurring of um, people's outward and inner selves in a way Mm -hmm. like they're talking and then the line between inner monologue and outer monologue gets blurred a little bit. Does that make any sense? No, totally. I mean, it's I don't know. It's definitely a choice. Like I could very easily say you don't have to do this, do it more naturally. But, um, but yeah, it's, I, I just feel like it's the, it's the way that these characters have to relate to each other in these specific worlds. And it's funny, it just shows 
how my brain works uh, maybe a little differently because as we were making this, I kept telling Karen, it's nice because this one's a little bit more grounded than the art of self-defense and we get to be a little bit more human. And then everyone's like, oh my God, it's even worse than the art of self-defense. God, <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? So I, I have no delusions that maybe I'm out of touch with how other people relate to these characters. But I think the people who get it really get it, which has been fun. And um, and yeah, I again, I don't do it just to do it. It's definitely something where I feel like it it suits the story and it suits the, the worlds that are being created. But I also know that that's maybe not gonna be everyone's cup of tea and that's, that's okay. Right, I so I the, your other movie that I saw was The Art of Self-Defense and I basically suspected that you were a martial arts guy when I was watching that. And then I think I read an interview where you talked about it. Like, do you think that um, martial arts informs this one? Um, like in, it feels like it's still there, but maybe in a more abstract uh, way than it was. In yeah. I mean, it would be very abstract. Obviously self-defense is, is very, very loosely inspired by my appreciation for jujitsu. Like I haven't done any of the martial arts. When I was six, I did karate. That doesn't count. But um, as an adult doing jujitsu, it's been a thing that is a huge part of my life. I've been doing it for nine years. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like how other directors may like poker. So they make a poker movie or, or oh God, any other bad example like that. Um, I just happened to have this martial arts thing, but I also knew that making just a martial arts movie wasn't interesting to me. So it very much is this heightened reality sort of uh, thing, a sports narrative taken down a different path. Whereas dual, there's elements of self-improvement, which I see maybe is the probably the closest tie-in is just like when you go and you do something like this, you get better. And I feel like I'm a stronger person mentally too. Um, that's probably like the easiest sort of translation from the martial arts side of it. But um, yeah, I'm sure that going forward, like it's not necessarily uh, a, a theme I'm going to stick with. Uh, I feel like self-defense and, and this both have the the self-improvement quality, the whole like fight, learn, learn to fight sort of thing. Like I think I've probably scratched that itch pretty well, but uh, there may be, maybe there was just um, there's a darkness to self-defense and a like him going down the wrong path in such a way that I thought it was kind of cool to see a character take the other road and say, what would you do if you knew this was going to happen? Are you going to just like fall into the same trappings and, um, and, and complacency, or are you going to actually actively try to be a better person? And I liked that about dual. I feel like dual uh, for all its darkness has a, uh, optimistic, uh, sort of quality to it, which, which I think suits my personality maybe a little bit more than the darker path of self-defense. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a jujitsu guy too. I've been doing it for about 15 years now. oh shit yeah can i is it is it too personal to ask where you train not at all no i because i coach there and i let people know too I, i'm at henzo gracie los angeles oh, cool. we're an affiliate of the henzo school but um I, I should also state that we as this our school is pretty much like the in, exact opposite in terms of inclusivity uh as the actual henzo gracie school i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying that but like there are some <laughs> yeah. things politically that i really disagree with in terms of the way that that <laughs> yeah. man talks and yeah, yeah. uh i i just i feel like the family that i've got at this school is is like the antithesis of that um but yeah i i'm a brown belt i like coach every friday I cover classes here and there. I'm going to compete in a month and a half at a Gi tournament, which I haven't done in God five years. I haven't since I was a blue belt. Mm -hmm. I mainly do no Gi, but 
Yeah. How, uh, so 15 years, you black belt, I'm assuming then. No, well, I got my, I got my brown belt in 2016 and I've, I've moved twice since then. And then the pandemic screwed That's everything why. up. But okay. I also, I started at a Henzo affiliate myself. So I was at Columbia Jitsu, which was our, our instructor was a black belt from Henzo. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So like, I, f- um, do you feel like the movie fits into like this corporate dystopia genre at all? Like, I feel like that's, there's a lot of, I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's gotta be a, there's definitely a comment on the capitalist side of things. Like I think the getting this thing for your family and it costs this amount and don't worry, they're going to take it over and all of that. There's definitely that there, but I don't think I'm really leaning too far into that sort of space. I I think that it's more about our personal relationships, um, our, our battles with ourselves, not to be too literal, like decisions that we make, uh, and how they affect our lives. And, uh, rather than again, accepting, sort of uh, what life throws at you saying, well, this is what I want out of life. But yeah, there's there's comments on other things and, and violence and, and uh, society's acceptance of all of that. Um, but I also am one of those people who doesn't really wanna preach at people. I mean, sure. self-defense has a very clear message uh, and dual I don't think is as necessarily on the nose, but I think both uh, don't ever try to tell you what to think. It's just presenting you with facts and feelings and then letting you decide how that makes you feel. I mean, do you think like the the theme of disconnection, like the disconnection of just sort of modern capitalist society, I guess, would you call that uh, a theme of the movie? I think that the disconnect, I I would say more so the disconnect that we have with other people via uh, technology. Mm -hmm. Like there's a pretty big um, distance between our our lead character and her boyfriend uh, in the film and, and the way that they connect, I mean, even just down to a call breaking up and they're literally the text popping up, poor connection, like that kind of thing is, is funny to me. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's something actually that we found in the edit uh, to cut that scene down and it ended up making it more interesting to me. But um, but yeah, I think that there's, there's, I mean, look, I'm I'm not the smartest guy in the world. And sometimes you do things and you you say something and you're like, oh, that works for this thing. And then other people analyze it and find more meaning in it that you're, than your like brain ever thought. Uh, and I think that that's part of the fun of watching movies. I know that I've done that probably with directors where I watch something and I take something from it that is a specific thing that means so much. And I'm so sure that that's what they thought. And then you listen to a director's commentary or an interview they do. And that's the exact opposite of what they were saying or intended. So um, yeah, there are definitely things in the movie that I think about when I when I think about how it makes me feel and, and what I was coming at uh, it from. Uh, but to, to say that there's a bunch of intent at all times is, is probably gonna be a bit of a, a falsity, so yeah. Sure, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I gotta let you go pretty quick here, but one last question, like, do you have, uh, instead of, you know, us putting influences in your, in your mouth, like, did you have any, uh, in movie influences for this one that, uh, were hmm. relevant or that, you know, that came up when you were writing it? I mean, man, movies have been harder and harder for me to like directly take inspiration from. I've been watching fewer and fewer as the years have been going on. Um, and it's not to say that I don't like them. It's just that it's harder for me to find that direct influence in, but like definitely, uh, 
definitely influenced by some music this time around. And that's why we ended up working with Emma Ruth Rundle, the composer. Um, she was somebody who even just the way that her album sounded, uh, Electric Guitar One, that I was writing to a lot. I was just like, that influenced the feeling of the movie to me. Uh, shooting in Finland influenced the movie in, in such a way that I can't really ever, like, I wouldn't be able to recreate if we weren't there. Um, I, I tend to like movies that are maybe not, and it's funny because it's not like an, uh, to be a contrarian or, or whatever, but I tend to like things that maybe aren't everyone else's favorite from that director. Certain exceptions, I think that like something like Punch Drunk Love, which is always going to be an inspiration to me in terms of just something feeling so different the first time I watched it, not really getting it. And then later on realizing maybe it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite movies. Like that's always there. And I, I like that there are people out there who like Punch Drunk Love is their favorite film too. Um, but I think that Alps is probably my favorite movie of Yorgos's. And that's only happened over the past few years where I realized that that was always up there, but now maybe it is my favorite. But I think it's also other than, than his very, very first feature, I think it's probably his least well-received. Uh, so I think those, those weirdo uh in between are ones where maybe they didn't connect with everybody but like the people who really found them and found something in them i'm always going to take inspiration in those and uh yeah for better or for worse i think that dual has ended up being in that sort of boat too so i'm, I'm not sure what the next thing will be but i've definitely been very happy with the way that it's kind of finding its audience and not totally connecting with everyone else but uh but it's it's exactly the movie that i wanted to make Right on. Well, I liked it a lot. Um, thanks for talking. Thanks, man. man.